Okay, girls, for your next mission, uh, at this pie-eating contest, we're going to need to equip you with only the finest gadgets. Uh, like, as if, Jerry. Uh, do you really think that these pies are going to be any use? Oh, uh, indubitably. For example, this blueberry pie contains a, uh, uh, an indelible ink, which can disappear when you squeeze just a bit of lemon juice on it. Great for writing secret messages. It looks like this rhubarb pie uh, contains a, a mycotoxin, which uh, paralyzes those who... Oh, no, Alex, please don't. Yes, yes <laughs> you've got to be very careful about that. Uh, and next, see you see here that we have uh, Boston cream pie, very thick and rich. But when you press down on it, it actually inflates into a life preserver. Well, I gotta say, uh, Jerry, you've done it again. These are totally pies. So dumb. Is it? So dumb and bad. Okay, um, what, what was the third no, option? No, 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 no. That's the one we're doing. That's oh, the one okay. that's going in the podcast. That one's going on air. It's <laughs> just it's just really terrible is all. <laughs> it's just sad that that's... Well, that's why we have to let people know that that's as much energy as we had. It was a compromise. We, we, <laughs> it was kind of like... Uh, what's the word for compromise but you don't actually get any concessions you're just tired <laughs> that, that sounds it's a surrender it was a, yeah. sur- it was a surrender it sounds like you've been throttled down <laughs> the the yeah we were gaslit by our own intro <laughs> it, sometimes you don't need more than a first draft sometimes you do and you just say fuck it uh <laughs> hello everyone welcome to the carton cast my name is ben my name is zane and we are the podcast that reviews old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. And today we are talking about Totally Spies. <laughs> the carton cast much? So not the drama. Yeah, it's it's similar to other shows which may or may not have had the drama. I, so I, just, <laughs> just to get it out of the way, because I'm going to have to bring it up at one point. I might as well do it right now. Sure. When, when, we, when we started checking out the show, I... Uh, perceived i predicted uh like a vizier like a court vizier Mm. that we would encounter a lot of 2000s era slang and i was not disappointed (laughs) and i was also disappointed but what got me through it is uh constantly thinking about the professor dr awesome alternative version (laughs) (laughs) is constantly shouting 90s Memes? Your universe sucks. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird oh, though because this does seem to be a show of its time, but at the same time, it's still going on. <laughs> Is it? It so yeah, it kind of kind. Well, I'm pretty sure they did the five seasons and then or the, the they did the six six seasons, and there were dramatic changes from the first couple of seasons <laughs> in terms of tone, but apparently there's going to be a seventh season coming out in 2023 yeah that's right so um so totally spies the show we are talking about premiered on abc family in 2001 
uh, before moving to Cartoon Network in 2003, as well as in France and Canada in 2002. And the seventh season is scheduled for 2023. We found out at the beginning of this year, they announced like, hey, guys, we're going to do another season after season six ran in 2014. So that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's weird coming out the off the tail end of Powerpuff Girls and how there's like demand for a live action or it's been in the works for a while. That I get. Powerpuff Girls Girls was pretty huge, mm-hmm. and this wasn't this wasn't unknown. But like, <laughs> I don't think that it had the same broad viewership. No, no, it, it kind of hit Cartoon Network, you know, at a different era or toward a different audience than than the bulk of the network at the time. Yeah, um, it did. Uh, it did achieve. Uh, totally Spies in two thousand one. Uh, they were still trying to figure out how to cater to female viewership. This is pretty clearly aimed in that direction. Lots hmm. of fashion and talking about boys and makeup and stuff. Sure. But uh, surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, it was found that um, about half of the viewership turned out to be boys as well. Yeah, uh, and it it kind of harkens back to the notion that we talked about in He Man, or maybe yeah, He Man, yeah, where She-Ra, like, yeah. Well, if you remember, He Man, uh, a full third of the viewership was girls yeah. because you know their brothers would be watching He Man and they would be kind of into it, and that actually led toward creating She-Ra. Mm-hmm. So it, this is kind of a trend that has gone on a long time where like we're surprised that when you pander to one gender other one like <laughs> just it, it just it just there's some splatter there's yeah, some splatter just, over to places that you didn't expect like just it's make good shows don't worry about the quadrants of demographics well, but, i mean you shouldn't but like this is so clearly for girls like it it i it's not and a, and a really certain type of guy <laughs> i suppose so it's the brony it's the brony effect um, yeah, and I mean, it, it was noteworthy at the time, right? Um, so it, for one, it was an early adopter of the anime aesthetic in a Western show. Um, it, this was taken partly from the light novel Dirty Pear, <laughs> which I assure okay. you does not mean what you think it means. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I know what it means. But it, yeah, it it's, um, also had sort of a built-in international audience because it was kind of designed from the ground up as a French or Canadian property, right? It had parallel runs in French and English. Mm-hmm. And they actually made a spinoff called The Amazing Spies, with a Z, uh, which ran in France and Canada and was aimed at a younger audience. I also saw um, in season, maybe it was six, maybe it was five, that... They made, I don't know, was it like they made a, a rebrand or something? There was something where the episodes I watched were constantly, you know how they have like the, the Flower Power Totally Spies logo jump on the screen every so often? Sure. It, it had like this uh, this undercredit of Totally Spies Undercover. And I, oh, I don't I know about know that. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, I couldn't find anything about it on Wikipedia. Yeah, there were, there were a few breaks in the production between seasons two and three it wouldn't surprise me if there were smaller ones after that but you know some casting changes just some uh just some general moving around of things but yeah the 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 show came about in a weird way um like its creation um the creators david michel and vincent chalvon de marseille uh one of the famous (laughs) de marseilles from from louisiana (laughs) 
they wanted to hop on the rise of female pop singer groups in the music industry. You know, think your Spice Girls. And so they made a three-girl band called Totally Spies and put it in front of the German talk show Arabella. Uh, and people liked the demo, so they released a single. And then they were like, okay, time for multimedia. Let's make animation. And then it got picked up after the 2000 Charlie's Angel movie came out when executives decided, hey, maybe maybe there's money in this. There's a lot of Venn diagrams that this fits into. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the, you know, the Charlie's Angel thing, the female viewership, the spy genre, the pop singers of the 2000s. Um, I, I have to admit... It's a it's a solid like business idea. If if you pitched sure. this to me, I'd be like, yeah, there's there's a lot of cross <laughs> there's it, it it fills a lot of boxes. Oh, uh, so you so want to take one of the most enduring cultural icons, James Bond, and adapt it for a younger, hipper audience uh for girls, and then you want to make extremely marketable merch out of the gadgets. Yeah, let's let's just do this. Let's print no, no, some it's, money. It, like it's been a while since uh, I seen a pitch. This, this, this is a very easy sell. Like yeah. if I if I had well, it creative didn't control seem so over... at the time. It was only after you know it, it had a cooler reception before Charlie's Angels came out. It was very uh, uh, fortuitous timing. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, but people still kind of. Uh, chafed i guess a little bit at least certain types of people you remember common sense media uh Mm. the people who uh don't like it when you say darn on their shows yeah Um, yeah yeah our our good friends the religious fundamentalists so parents television council which i assume is like a subsidiary of common sense media yeah it's all illuminati expressed (laughs) concerns about the quote-unquote violence and sexual content see also a women a woman in a bikini of yeah. the show. Or with power. Uh, it's it's complete nonsense. The <laughs> it is it is only barely above the He-Man level of violence of throwing people from one place to a more different place. Like uh-huh. there's there's very little punching and kicking going on. It's yeah, it, 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 people got their feathers ruffled, I think, just because the proportions were more explicit than, you know, maybe like yeah, a, and a part of that kind is... Of, it's the animation. They're more realistically modeled, so it's hard not to think, you know, sexual yeah. I mean, I mean, you you look at the the teenage girls in other shows at the time, you know, like... Uh, like, as told by Ginger, was all lumps. Powerpuff yeah, Girls was all, all like, Fisher-Price dolls. Like, it, they're just... all lumps. <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot of lumps, lumps coming on yeah the, it was a lumpy time and now you have this <laughs> sleek uh you know cat suit wearing aesthetic and it's french so like you know <laughs> there's some wiggle room there too yeah yeah you know it's it's uh, just it's 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 doing a thing that they weren't uh familiar with at the time i think in retrospect like compared to what we see now oh yeah it, it's nothing <laughs> no it's it, it's it's completely banal like but like i i guess at the time you maybe didn't know i think people just didn't have a conception of like what a cartoon lady that doesn't look like a finger puppet would look like yeah also like like, just like realistic proportions to some degree well also they're just some people are just always going to complain right we saw this with she-ra when they took away the boobs and people were mad (laughs) 
Well, I think it's just because they didn't put him somewhere else. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, like conservation of of Up on of the mantle <laughs> to show yeah. that you've slain yeah, them. Yeah, bronzed. <laughs> Let him appreciate in value. Uh, but yeah, it's a, you know, as a show, in isolation, it is not yes. really that, uh, it's not it's not that risque, right? It's not that um, dubious in its intentions. It's just a show about some spy ladies who do some James Bond stuff. And if you and bring shop, into if you bring into again. that the perspective of smut, yes, you will find it. Oh, of course. In, in the <laughs> same way that you can find smut anywhere you look. Like it's a little just easier look at what here. they did to Harry Potter and Malfoy on the internet. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Well, some of it's ridiculous. Some of it's very uh, heartwarming and, and oh, I'm, know, I, sensual. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your. T- I'm not trying to yuck your yums, in. <laughs> but you know, it's um, you know, it's it's like in some media. Yeah, it is easier to see the the uh, fetish fuel. You, you know, in Wonder Woman, right? We had the same thing. Yeah, and even that, like, that was so much more explicit than this, right? Mm-hmm. But even that was designed from female empowerment and that was designed back in like the 50s like it's ridiculous like we we just became so much more puritanical and like i guess this is (laughs) past the era wherein the censors cracked down super hard on cartoons because they suddenly realized that they weren't just to sell toys they were to uh you know corrupt the youth or what have you yeah yeah i mean it's not like there isn't fetish stuff in here it's just you know well you gotta dig for it well, no, I mean, some of it's out on Front Street. It's just not that bad, right? I'm Okay, we, we've, we've skirted around it a couple of times. Last episode, you talked about how there were fetishes in this. This te- you've, That's three. Uh, you need to now state your terms. What about this is fetish? Okay, well, first off, you got the Charlie's Angel thing, right? Skin tight suits, yeah, acrobatics, yeah. compromised positions. I mean, um, sure. But you, they, they, there are lists online of like, these are the list of fetishes. And at first, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of brainwashing, right? I'm seeing shrinking happening. I'm seeing big muscles. Of course, there's bondage. There's spies. But yeah, a, a lot of it well, is just I mean, they're wearing a, lot of a certain can... type of clothing, right? Yo, I'm going to be straight up here. Like, I think this, this show has a lot of can-be sexual content, but there is so much. So There's so, there's so much so else easy here. To well, it, there's it's so easy to create the excuses to allow for it in the show without <laughs> requiring because like the skin tight clothing and the poses that's where they've spent their animation because their target market is a female viewership mm. and that's going to be the parts that are going to work for them. Uh, it mm. uses the anime aesthetic, which has not so many dollars for the faces. <laughs> it seems. Uh, very simplistic expressions, but that means you put more effort into posing. Like, yeah. there's it, just it, there's there's decisions beyond smut to create the fashion and pose focus. And and my perspective of it really does depend on what curve you're grading this on. Is it more sexual than Kim Possible? Sure. Is it more sexual than anime of the time? Like a Tenchi Muyo? No. <laughs> I mean, like. We, <laughs> Sure, but but I think that's a different uh, different market. Then ran on Cartoon Network at the same time. I mean, even the bondage stuff, like you know, someone getting tied up with uh with with ropes or yo yo or whatever. Remember, that's a compromise from not being able to punch and kick. You, mm. You're gonna get if if you're if you're you know tapping out of the violence thing, you're gonna end up in the in the bondage thing. Like yeah. that's just how it goes. Yeah, I I I find myself 
going back and forth on the issue, but I think you can take it either way. I think it's just in the current era, it's so easy to look at the at this era and like look at the people clutching their pearls about how sexualized it is <laughs> as like very quaint. It's just like, well, oh, honey, I you had no was... idea. I, I can imagine some of the authors having intention about it and putting some of their own personal uh, interests on the page. I just don't think that it was as significant uh, a part of the show as is perhaps portrayed when you're just looking at it in isolation. It's not a guiding star. It's just yeah, like when you're clipping out kind of from it. Yeah, that's what you're going to notice. <laughs> well, well, sure. But like, to be fair, there's there's not I don't know how you felt about this. This is this this show really rolled off me. There's like not a I, lot I, here. I enjoyed the the basics of it, but could not get any depth out of it. And that so like when I was winding around in my fourth episode, I was really, really feeling the fatigue. Yeah, it it's it's pretty passive watching as far as shows go, because a lot of it just comes down to the fact that it's very formulaic. Oh, and a yeah. lot of it comes down to the fact that the aesthetics of it are kind of the only thing that changes like like what you're looking at the places that they're going to in the same way that like carmen san diego oh we're in india oh we're in spain you know if that's the only thing that's changing not that interesting right and and i guess we saw some of that in kim possible too and they both kind of uh habitated the um the 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 spy genre Mm-hmm. you know flourish and that is what gives this show its legs is that it's playing around in spy genre stuff uh and the crossover between spy genre and like teen idol like pop pop idol girl stuff like that that is kind of the place that the fact that their um their 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 caretaker is giving them like anti-gravity go-go boots you know that, <laughs> right. that's the, that's where this show really shines it's, it's, is, it's is where scenario. those two genres blend it's scenario driven. It's not like character driven or plot driven. Right. Um, and and the Kim Possible would come later. And I think that that is kind of my main point in comparison. And the main, the main thing that I think raises that to a, a different level than this mm-hmm. is that the formula is not, it, it, it is not a monster of the week. This is yeah. a, very much a monster of the week. Oh, this one's just a, just a series of one shots. You've seen one, you've seen them all. That that is how it feels until you hit season four ish. <laughs> oh yeah, some some weird shit goes down. Yeah, it's it's so surprising. So whatever, I don't know what the terminology is for when a spy genre becomes a fantasy genre, but like that is where we end up. Okay, and well, it's alarming. <laughs> let's let's speed through the premise and the characters so that we can talk about sure. the tone, which is where I think a lot of our analysis is going to land. Yes, very well. And the formula. So mm-hmm. this show is about uh, three teenage girls, uh, Sam, Clover, and Alex, who work for the And Zane, how old are they? Oh, it's indeterminate. At least 18, uh, you know, for the, <laughs> ju- just as a disclaimer, right? <laughs> just to let you know at the beginning of this little And they're definitely entry. not friends. <laughs> or they're definitely not sisters. They're definitely just close friends. Maybe stepsisters yep. or oh, something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Very hard uh, to gauge. And they work for the World Organization of Human Protection, which is known as WHOOP. Uh, I like they serve, that. They serve this British man who's definitely not Charlie, and they're definitely <laughs> not his angels. <laughs> it's so blatant. And uh, what they do is, in between their teen drama, they go on uh, spy adventures, which 
Is there a reason for this? Like, is there an incident? There is a prequel movie where they get into how this all started, but we just jump right in. We just jump in. And normally they they just jump in. They get jumped in. Like, they're walking around in high school a minute into the episode, and they fall down like a mine shaft into Whoop headquarters. Into Section 13, yeah. Um, Yeah, so that is the bulk of it, and it follows a pretty steady formula. Um, Most of the high school antics stuff is just beginning and end of the episode and has to do with rivalry with this girl mandy the bulk of the episode is just kind of following this trail of breadcrumbs to to confront a villain it's not the exactly the same thing but we saw a lot of the similar attitude in powerpuff girls and like uh, probably a few other things Mm. where there is an interpersonal thing that they're dealing with and then they have a mission, and that mission comments upon the interpersonal thing, and then you wrap up the mission with a catharsis, and then you wrap up the interpersonal thing. Yeah. You know, it bookends. Normally, that is done a bit more holistically and a bit more back and forth to those parts. This feels yeah, much more tacked on. It it's a, it's a They're pretty disparate pieces, uh, which isn't to say that it doesn't... Well, it, it doesn't feel natural is not the right word it doesn't feel organic the way uh-huh. that the plots of like the spy parts and the teenage girl parts coincide there's room for it like we we like we saw in powerpuff girls you have a trio of disparate personalities kind of mm-hmm. and you you know you put them into high pressure situations some of that friction pops out mm-hmm. and that, that is there's nothing wrong with that like I, sure. I thought that that was serviceable it just didn't really rise above serviceable to me yeah yeah and i mean there will be an episode where they have to go undercover as actors on this tv show and the b plot quote unquote where the high school antics is that uh clover and mandy are both trying out for the same position you know the same like guest star thing yeah clover and mandy have a blood feud over whatever whatever they they happen to it, it no longer matters, in. right? It's the Hatfield and the McCoys. It goes back too far. It, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't particularly matter what the situation is. They're just they're at odds. They there's a new thirst trap in school, and they both staple their vaginas to him, and uh, <laughs> and yeah. and that is that is the premise of the interpersonal conflict. Maybe seventy percent of the time. <laughs> that there's a lot of it, and I I do you know. It's always a mixed bag with this kind of thing, right? Oh, they're boy obsessed. That could be seen as very, you know, stereotypical or limiting. But then you oh, remember that's because that, it is. But there's, then you there's remember actually that, nothing beyond that. Yeah, right. But stereotypical boy, and limiting, correct? You can any, you can end you can end the conversation <laughs> now. Like that's all it is. But any boys in this show are like robots like they are non-entities they have no agency. I'm reminded of Gem and the Holograms, where there was mm. one interesting boy. And everybody else was was a cousin Skeeter white guy of some like it just a, a villain or a dunce. Yeah, like it was. It's just it's a parade of the <laughs> gerontocracy accompanied by himbos yep. for for our male, po- male, male population. <laughs> and the reason that we're <laughs> dancing around talking about our main characters is there's not a lot there. Um, so, you got so they're got, so bland. You got your brainy one, you got your, you know, sassy one, and you got your kind of dumb one. Yeah, your your insane one. <laughs> your your absolute cloud cuckoo lander. She she has her moments, yeah. 
But, so yeah, Sam is the quote-unquote brainy one. This is voiced by Jennifer Hale, who is a number of people in uh, all sorts of media. Um, she also plays Mandy here, mm-hmm. uh, but you may know her best as the voice for Samus in the Prime games. In, she- in, the- uh, in that Jackie Chan Adventures episode with Seamus. <laughs> right? That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> Correct. Uh, as well as uh, Lady Shepard in um, Mass Effect, I believe. Mm. And she's kind of treading a lot of the same ground as Elisa Simpson. Lisa Simpson, a Kim Possible, maybe. Like, she just doesn't have a lot of edge to her. She's just the smart, competent leader. I kind of liked her because she wasn't flanderized like Lisa Simpson became. She cares Mm -hmm. about the environment, and she's a little more on the ball. But that's—she's also still, you know, boy-obsessed and, like, fashion-obsessed. And they're, they're of a type, the three of mm-hmm. them are of a type, and they're they're minor variations on that type. But I, I like that they're all kind of, I don't know. I guess I'm tired of the very explicitly differentiated personalities. So like uh. to have them all be like, oh, they're they're all kind of, you know, <laughs> early thousand socialite teenage girls. Uh, yeah, with... the 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 show was inspired in large part by Clueless, uh, the the movie. Really. Yeah, the the, huh. the creators were like, yeah, what if you stapled Clueless to James Bond? <laughs> but I, I actually enjoyed Sam to a modest degree just because she wasn't so typecast. Yeah, yeah. The other two kind of are. Um, oh, Clover especially is pretty rough. Yeah, uh, so Sam, honestly, not really anything. She's just kind of no. reality adjacent. This is More this reality is like, adjacent. You know, the... I don't know how to Alex, think about her. Alex is... So, I guess Sam is the brunette. Alex is the black-haired one uh, who's just kind of kind of not on the ball. There's there's something going on with Alex that I don't feel qualified to <laughs> diagnose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, she uh, kind of just gives off like a... Like a an earnest puppy dog kind of vibe like very very much so yes she's she's just very innocent very playful just trying to do her best sometimes she has like bursts of insight but most of the time it's just third girl yeah she's she's kind of a she's she's an odd duck uh and then there's clover the blonde one clover is the focus of i would say troubling a lot of the episodes this is the same issue we had with the Flintstones meet the Jetsons, if you can believe it or not, with Judy Jetson. <laughs> I blocked just, off a lot of it. Could you remind me the issue there? <laughs> boys, boys, boys. I don't care yeah. where it is, except that there's boys. She's more typecast than than Sam is as the intelligent one. Mm. She's just super boy crazy all the time. Um, well, it expresses it's, itself. It's difficult. Her, she is given a lot of the like most negative traits associated with this, you know, Beverly Hills aesthetic. Um, but I think she plays them up to a degree that, that it becomes kind of interesting again. Like, yes, she's boy crazy. Yes, she loves attention and fame and wealth and personal development. And she hates Mandy. And they all kind of, like, fight against each other. Like, you'll only see one per episode. But the fact that she's not starting every episode with, like, I love this boy. I want to get with this boy. Sometimes it's like, oh, man, I want to look the coolest. Or... I want to get the part in the play or take it's off as very, a model. Like, she, it's, yeah, it's all very hyper competitive, but it's different. I wants. I I mainly saw with the boy craziness. I will say I like the rivalry with Mandy. 
that that felt mm-hmm. that felt fun to me yeah that that felt like a um like a courtney uh ginger kind of deal yeah but without like the homoerotic subtext right and mandy so mandy is the evil stuck up snob girl pretty one note um we saw this in kim possible as well i don't actually sure, remember the mean girl in that one i don't remember she's she's mandy's like one of the quinn hangers on <laughs> uh in daria one of yep. the, one of that clique interesting to note she never seems to win their conflicts no well she'll win them if clover losing them isn't a result of her own fault like it's a pyrrhic victory whenever she wins like start of the episode oh yeah she showed up mandy and she got the boys digits end of the episode when she actually goes is going to go out on the date she she has to cancel because she's been shrunk uh, and so Mandy gets to go on the date. So that that's the sort of situation where Mandy wins. I mean, it's I, mean, by I default. guess so. All of the yeah, but all the times that I saw Mandy win, it was always like she 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 was a dog chasing cars. Like yeah. she just wanted the conflict. <laughs> it wasn't really about the the end. She goal. lives for the drama. Um, yeah. Okay. Take that tween girl thing. Put it aside. Not really yep. what the show's about. Nope. Let's talk about Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> uh J-Dog. yeah so this this he was played by jess harnell uh in the first couple of seasons and then adrian truss in the in the remainder and uh jess harnell was the voice of wacko if you can believe mm-hmm. that oh yeah and, and i think he did this voice a lot better than the the second guy that was the noticeable drop in quality i didn't me. love it i didn't love it uh the second guy also was uh, a part of donkey kong country uh General oh Plum. well that's a you know that's a knock against him yeah that's that's a black eye right there um, yeah, Jerry is the, you know, den mother to these girls, more or less. Like, yes, he's handing out the missions from Whoop. He also fusses over them, you know? He, <laughs> you, you get the feeling, like, he, he like, uh, takes out a handkerchief and, like, rubs the, like, licks it and then, like, rubs a smudge from Alex's face or something if she, like, didn't finish eating. Yeah, yeah, the Alfred school of, you know, caring after them, but not showing much emotion. Yeah, he is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's cute. He um, he is cute. It's uh, And I like the notion of, like, stuffy old British, um, you know, kind of head of the family being in the role of den mother. Like, that's a nice kind of gender flip sort of situation. Yeah. Uh. But, but, but yeah, also he, he is yeah. uh, largely for exposition and for, you know, uh, providing information on the job and on the tech. I so, don't think I will ever again hear the word exposition without thinking Basil exposition. Well, this guy is very much a Basil exposition. <laughs> oh, that he would have been another good one for our uh, oh, yeah. intro. We, we didn't end up t- it didn't end up keeping because <laughs> we just did such a good job on the totally pies bit. Yeah, it's uh, down in the annals of history. <laughs> uh, so speaking of the formula of the show, I kind of want to walk through what an episode is. Uh, I will allow it, but I do want to take a pause when we get to the villain of the week. Yes. So go ahead. Set it up. All right. They're hanging out in high school. Boy drama, rivalry, whatever. They're, they're it gonna f- doesn't really matter what's going on. <laughs> it lasts all of a minute. It's they some fall framing into device. a whoop trap door. They get Always briefed different. on the mission. They Always are, different. 
They are told about, but not shown their gadgets for the adventure. Always different. Well, not always different. Sometimes they repeat. But, yeah, jetpacks. Uh, um, yeah. We get some intrigue. We get some spy stuff, some teen girl stuff. They get out of a jam using the spy tools that Jerry gave them, so we get to see that. They have a final confrontation with some asshole, and then they return home to either win or lose the rivalry with Mandy. Yeah, that's that's more or less it. And And there's a couple bits in there that I want to pick apart. The first of which is some asshole. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so yeah, uh this is very much a Power Rangers Monster of the Week style villaining. Yes, the focus is on the monster. It's not the episode where uh Tommy and Jason are having a rivalry. It's the episode with the uh two-headed flamingo monster. Like that's how you oh. know. It. With the he had a, he had a fondness for super papayas, the yes, mango right. fruit, the right? mango, <laughs> mango, very good. Man, I remember a lot of Power Rangers because of me. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you remember the villains of them specifically. How could I not? They were you gigantic the pumpkin rubber monster rapper. suit monsters. Of course, I remember the pumpkin wrapper. He put dud. But it, it it puts Zach on the map. Uh, yeah. So the the assholes of the week, their 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 plans are usually something girl drama adjacent. They're the 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 villain is trying to create holes in the ozone layer so they can promote their sunblock brand. The villain is trying to take over the world by hypnotizing people with a boy band i don't know how many times i've seen that by the way that was in danny <laughs> phantom hypnotizing through music is i'm I, and i'm That's sure it's happened it. like a million times in scooby-doo mm-hmm. uh, uh yeah, there the, was the, a guy who ran a coffee house who was using the coffee to brainwash people i'm sure there was Zane. Yeah, it's it's always going to be something vaguely related to girl drama in one way, shape, or form, which is a good idea. Like, they should have some... That's how you would get any emotion mm-hmm. out of them, is like, yeah, we care about skincare routines, but my dude, you're going a little far with it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the way we get kind of the girls on... Uh, we, we get on the girls' side, is, is to see what their limits are. Sure. Um, the villains themselves are frustratingly uncompelling and one-dimensional. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's but that's because they're, that's because they're insane. You just well, need a I mean, guy that, who looks insane and that's, that's kind of good enough. I, I agree, but that's that you're carrying water for a premise that doesn't need to be like, why are they so insane? Why can't they be reoccurring villains? The likes of which we saw in Kim Possible, the Ma- Draken Ma- and Shigo. <clears throat> Because that's just not what this show's doing. It's monster of the week, right? But that Different was also a spy. Time, and that was also a spy show, though. That's true. We're focused on what they're doing. We're not focused on their characters. There's not enough to sell it. This guy is stealing geniuses so that he can steal their brain energy. That that's nice. it's self It's self explanatory. <laughs> yeah, it explains itself. I guess so. I just um I I was yearning for the version of this that had more well-defined villains with more, not complex motivations. They would still be thematically appropriate. You know, you'd still have the, the girl who wanted to be the Powerpuff Girls. You have princess. It's, it's Mm -hmm. all about a rivalry and wanting to become super. You know, you could have that here. You could have a rivalry. You could have Mandy be a villain, or you could have somebody who was on the roster to be a spy or an ex spy of whoop. You know, the best they ever trained. Uh, and she is 
you know, takes it personally, but also is trying to be like the world's greatest beauty model. So something, you know, there, there's there's room for that person to exist in multiple episodes and for there's it to a lot of room. There's a lot of room in this time. show for to do things. There's, yeah, there's there. It's so filler. Uh, it, just every villain. Uh, I didn't get anything from any one of them, and that was that was pretty annoying. It's it's some lost potential, certainly. Um, yeah. I will say that while the formula is pretty consistent. The incidents that take place within that formula can be absolutely anything, right? So you you oh, mentioned yeah. a few of the plot lines, but also this is a show where they time travel in the sixth episode. Oh, buddy, like there's the sixth episode. Jesus, I didn't realize <laughs> that it happened that early. I thought that that was like a jump the shark later season problem. Oh, where they, they just they, they meet nuts. aliens in season one. Good lord, aliens, man! <laughs> Magic is real. Like anything can happen. But it's okay. not compellingly different from normal spy stuff that happens. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of like it when it's grounded and girl drama centric. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I think yeah, that's well, nice. Yeah, well, then you can, you know, then it can link into the teen drama stuff, which is presumably the only reason this show is about teen girls. Well, I mean, we already said why it's about teen girls. It's because they're hitting a female Yeah, they're hitting a the demographic. Teen girl but, squad. Yeah exactly yes like the famous teen girl squad famously uh <laughs> hyper targeted at a female viewership so uh let, let's let's table that for a second there was one other thing you had mentioned about the formula that i want to go into detail mm-hmm. on because i think it's a triumph of the show yeah and that's the gadgets oh baby this this is a brilliant part of the combination between the two aspects of this show because who needs a bunch of gadgets james bond who carries a million different things in their purse? Mm-hmm. Teen mm-hmm. girls mm-hmm. in two thousand era dramas. Yeah, and and not only that, but you can see why the the spillover to male viewership was as intense. Like, it it will never not be cool to show me spy gadgets. I kind of don't care if it's lipstick. Like, I just it like spy gadget good enough. Like, you've yeah. already won. Take <laughs> yes for an answer. Okay, if if there is a like super map camera spy shit and it's in a hairdryer i don't know why you didn't use the hairdryer for some sort of heat ray but fine you used it for an analyzer still cool and the nice thing about the um it's minimalist right like it doesn't look like a super crazy spy gadget it looks like a fucking tube of tube of tube of concealer it like it looks like a looks like lipstick or a purse like it just looks like a regular object which one that's what you would want for the animation to be simple but two that's that's very much in line with the spy thing. Like you don't want something that looks complicated. The point is that it's spy. There is a um, somewhat memed uh, clip of this show, a, a very just sort of held up as an icon of some of the stupid lengths these gadgets go. Where yeah, they're in a cell, and Clover takes out like these two mirror like concealer pads. So like they're at right angles and they have mirrors. And a lipstick thing, which has a laser. She shoots the laser at one of the mirrors. It bounces to the other mirror. She lines them up so that they're facing each other and, like, forming a coherent beam of light. And then she aims both of them at the cell wall to burn a hole through it. That's that's amazing and dumb. That's so... That's so on brand. That's so not physics, and I don't care. Like, that's, like, fine. (laughs) Uh, Just let them do cool stuff. Why not? Yeah, I, I... if, if you're time traveling and meeting aliens, then I, I kind of don't give a shit how she gets out of a uh, out of a cell, you mm-hmm. know. 
I, I yeah, and that's that's kind of the thing. Like, I don't really care. It's not a grounded in reality spy show. It is a fantasy spy show, which I don't know if I've seen before. <laughs> like, like even Lupin kind of drew the. We we saw that Lupin stopped working once the uh, once Mamo was revealed to maybe be an alien or something. Like uh, sure. once it started it's getting still weird. unclear. I mean, and that was only sci-fi. Fantasy is a step beyond, and this just. I guess it, it just it starts there, so I, I care less. Well, well, they meet aliens and they decide to team up against this bad guy, and we find out that the aliens are the, the alien versions of of them. They're spies, you know, sent by Jerry. And oh my god! Like, it doesn't matter if it's dumb or if it doesn't fit. The show doesn't have anything else to go on, so 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 show me some cool shit. Very low ceiling, high floor for this show. <laughs> like, th- there's nowhere it can super fall down because it's kind of already crawling. Mm. Uh, but, but, but just just so I can round up my thoughts on like the gadgetry, this is something that I really appreciated in kind of you know in Sherlock. We 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 talked about this before how like they'd give us just enough details to where we would start looking for the mm. answer. That's kind of what the gadgets do. It's like they got go-go boots. I kind of want to see where they end up using them. Like it, it's a it's a cheap way to put to insert tension into the show, but nothing else is doing that. Rival with Mandy isn't doing that. Mm-hmm. So it was it was. I guess I I would almost say the saving grace of this show, even though it doesn't quite save it. But like it, it was definitely a high point of the show it, when they're showing it, it, off the gadgets. It made the middle ten minutes more entertaining than the outside ten minutes. That's a that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of like what is happening in any given scene, um, there it, it's honestly mostly dealing with the aesthetic of it, right? So like, there is action, uh, and it's generally pretty good. But like you say, it's very gadget driven or you know gimmick driven based on whatever the villain is. Well, it can't actually be fighting. Everything right. has to be like, you know, gloves on kind of fisticuffs. So it's it's going to be gimmicky. Yeah, you're, you're they're not about to get into a slugfest. You'll get like a matrix jump double kick. That's kind of the, the only end. slugfest that they would get into is like some like billionaire tycoon who wants to farm the world's gigant most gigantic slugs by like I don't know uh, stealing the. I don't. I have no idea. And, it and can be then, anything. And then they get tied up above the slug pit, and they have to like rock back and forth and shoot a laser yeah. to cut the beam and jump onto the side of the pool. And then he falls in the slug pit, and at and the end, you he's better tied believe up. that TikTok is going to have some things to say about that shot with them suspended above the slug pit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that can't just be a slug pit for some reason. <laughs> no, those are some bulbous looking slugs. I tell you what. Mm-hmm. Engorged on blood. No, that's leeches. <laughs> hey, man. Slugs. These are super slugs. They can be engorged. Dude, God, there's aliens and time travel. They're engorged on blood. Let it. <laughs> let it be. Um, so, in the foreground, yeah, there's fighting and gadgets. Pretty standard. In the background, yeah. we get, um, you know, exotic locales. They're always going off to Dubai or wherever. I think that this was, I mean, this is going to be a thing I say a lot, better handled in Kim Possible because it was mm-hmm. just, um, it was, it was kind of brief. Like, we, we started out in where, you know, uh, on the base of the Alps, and she's thanking somebody that she helped in a previous mission that mm-hmm. we didn't see. The last caper. Yep. 
and then now we're in a now we're in a lair. You know, yep. we we always end up in a lair in Kim Possible. <laughs> but uh, these are these are not good spies. This is all out in the open with populace all running around and watching them spy. Wear, wearing your same jumpsuits, not disguising yourself at yeah, all, other than your clothes. Their their faces, which they show off constantly because they're teen girls, and that is the focus. Uh, are not are not concealed in any way, with get one notable in, exception. They get enmeshed in the drama of the you know whatever imperial uh, uh, infighting is happening. They'll just show up as somebody's getting murdered or poisoned or something. Poison and murder aren't in the same. I think what you're what you mean to say is uh, put into a trance and or um, uh, kidnapped Stasis. and replaced by a goon of some sort yeah yeah that that's absolutely true there's a lot of people that get kidnapped and replaced with goons that happens a lot (laughs) what was the exception you were saying sorry i feel like i cut you off oh yeah no 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 no. that's fine uh there was exactly one notice notable exception to uh them just showing their faces off everywhere with no like mask or anything Mm -hmm. there is one episode zane I don't remember the exact name of it, but I'm going to look it up because it's important. Yeah, anytime I'm trying to think of specific examples, everything blurs together. I'm like, no, that couldn't have happened in that episode because why would he be there? Like, Zane, there's an episode they called just get Mime Your Own Business. Sure. Uh, is it about mimes? <laughs> I, I, th- let's talk about tone and genre because this is the fantasy thing where I'm like, Oh, there, there's no guardrails. We're we're mm. not in spy genre because spy genre and mime genre, the two cannot coexist. This is something. This is something else. Okay. Like, this is a hyper specialized spy genre that is able to do the following. The villain, by the name of Jazz Hands. <laughs> Wait for it. Is a mime who's not very good at miming, so he takes it really personally and uses his accordion that fires lasers to turn people into mimes yay has science come that far i am not making laser and then suddenly the person can't talk and they have the mime face they have like the the white face paint yeah yeah what would a how would a laser accomplish this (laughs) so yeah the it is a magic wand the the, the the gimmick is interesting. It's it's neat. The the villain is fun to look at. This worked in Powerpuff Girls because it was Powerpuff Girls. That was this isn't this isn't anything. It doesn't. <laughs> you, can't, that, you can't. You can't do this to, in spies. It doesn't have to be anything. Show me something fun to look at. A but mime the, laser is absolutely hitting that no, criteria. No 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 no. It doesn't. It doesn't. When you combine it with spy gadgetry. If, mm. if we accept that magic just happens at any given moment, then spy gadgets cease to be cool. I, I, at least I don't, that is my opinion. I don't think that's true because they got. I saw them get captured by a magician who got, you know, who put them in this like medieval uh, uh, hanging guillotine. What are those called? Hanging blade traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have to like break their shackles on it to escape. That was pretty exciting, and it was you know in a magical dungeon. I think what you're telling me is um, a direct quote from Jazz Hands himself, which is, why don't you just give up and let mimes rule the world? (laughs) All right, that's called a sympathetic villain. (laughs) 
That is called hyper-targeted marketing. <laughs> yeah, I might have been in the wrong target audience for this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess the nonsense of it didn't bother me because I was here for nonsense. I, I, I started getting coming around to it, but I think my appreciation of the spy genre was so... Here's the problem. Here's the problem I have with this being so silly while at the same time trying to be spy genre. It's not parody, really. Mm-hmm. It it plays the spy genre straight. You know what I mean? Like, in Fillmore, it was absolutely parody. Every kind of, like, procedural, every, like, cop procedural, it was, it was all through the lens of mm-hmm. this is a high school, or this is a middle school, and they would never... That yeah, it yeah. would never be this way. But here it's just no, there are also spies. And that's I I couldn't help feeling like I was being pulled in two different directions. One of them I, trying to get me to enjoy the spy thing, and one of them trying to get me to enjoy the silliness. The the show's not really meant to be analyzed the way that we're doing it. It's really <laughs> just meant to be like vaguely looked at and i think the problem you're running into is you're thinking of them as spies that's not what they are they're they're action heroes right they don't do spy stuff they get given gadgets they're doing backflips but that's kind of the extent i mean i i'm not treating them like spies i'm treating them like i don't know whatever james i guess i'm treating them like charlie's angels but like the reason that the gadget thing is cool is for all spy reasons it's, I don't know, it it doesn't play well with some of the silliness that they get up to in my mind. But maybe that's just me. Maybe it is not as big of a deal. No, I mean, I mean the, the, the two goals of the spy gear is to accomplish something without being noticed or to get out of a jam. Here, they never try not to be noticed. And like you say, the rules don't matter. Magic can happen. How do you get out of a jam? It doesn't matter. Um, but I don't have that problem because the gadgets are equally unexplained. Like... They don't tell you what it... They don't explain the parameters of it ahead of time. You know that they'll show up later and be used exactly the way they're supposed to. I I suppose so. I just... I couldn't help comparing it unfavorably to straight parody stuff. Like... Mm -hmm. Like the um, Austin Powers escape sequence. Where like... Yeah. You know, we have a bunch of dentist implements and we went to great length to establish that these are not spy gadgets. But now we're going to have to use them like spy gadgets. Right. Uh, that that's really good, and it fits the silliness of Austin Powers. Yeah, this is just kind of I I it did not work on me. Yeah, it, it's it's played straight. the The show was aimed at six to eleven year olds. Six to eleven? You think so? That's what they that's what they said was their. Uh, they I guess I buy that they were focused on. I guess I buy that. Uh, speaking of, they are not built like eleven year olds. So let let's talk about the animation and the choice to make them. <laughs> humanoid i guess would be the easiest way to describe it they have humanoid proportions a lot of this comes from the anime inspiration right they're sleek they have stylistic shorthands for emotions you know you're blushing your sweat marks um and they you know they they kind of need to fulfill this archetype of the charlie's angels right they need to be not children the yeah, they need they they need to be approximations of teens what hit puberty, which is like the best I best way I can say it without rubbing up against the yeah, sensors. Yeah, and like 
Kim Possible did it as like, oh, this is a believable teen shape. And Ron Stoppable, even more believable. Oh, yeah. Here, this is like either a very young person's idea of what a teen looks like or a very old person's idea of what a teen looks like. Like like know. like when they cast twenty somethings as teens in the sh- in the TV shows, that's kind of what we're dealing with. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're I mean, like you said at the outset of this episode, they're absolutely at least eighteen. Uh, <laughs> look, they're built like eighteen. Okay, they're built like they 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 have like the full long legs. It's not like gawky ears and elbows territory. Like mm-hmm. they 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 look like they they are fairly well. God, I hate fucking talking about these character models. Well, they're they're supposed to be aspirational, right? Like in the same way that the original She-Ra was, in the same way that He-Man is stacked. Um, it's, <laughs> Especially it's, in the back, it's fulfilling an archetype that yes, we are aging down what it means to be a spy and to participate in the spy genre. But there is a lower limit to how far we can age it down before it becomes ridiculous. Like the spinoff yeah, they did, which was aimed younger, it, it existed. I can't say that it became nearly as popular. Well, I mean, like that would be a thing they later tore the floor up from, and there's just you with with like in the era of Boss Baby, any age can be anything, <laughs> you know? Right. But uh, yeah, this was in the early two thousands, and they were kind of cleaving a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, teen, yeah, it just, teen can mean anything. Teen can mean anything. It, it. I do like the character models for the most part. Like, I think they look cool and good like when they're in the like the latex suits with like the big uh high heel charlie angel things like that's what they're going for they hit it, it they're, looks they're going cool. for power rangers they are they are going for power rangers uh in the mime episode when they their original uh, also their clothes get turned into mime clothes sure and then when when they like do whatever sequence they do to go change into their costumes the costumes are automatically white <laughs> which is which is like it, it, how does this laser work sir <laughs> it works on don't worry about it it, it um, does but aside from their spy gear like they are wearing different clothes each episode which is you know nice to see in a cartoon of this vintage and also like makes sense they're fashionable you know young ladies again like what is the target audience they want we the the girls are going to want to see uh them in different outfits this isn't the they, they're not we're not uh catering to the doug funnies of the world here mm-hmm. like part of it is the expressiveness of these characters as teenage girls and that is a way that you sell it is that you give them a bunch of different outfits they're not complicated outfits but you know, I, I I don't know. I have appreciation for that. Yeah, and it also helps sell when they have to go into disguise, right? So when they need to dress up as a hipster or a, uh, you know, a French maid or a cat girl, like these are just normal costume a, changes that happen. There, there's a lot of fun to be had if you come to it from the perspective of you know, in um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, how the fun of it was watching Bob Hoskins really not want to be there. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of fun to be had in this if you watch it with the notion of Jerry is going to make these guys dress up in something that is so not the drama. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, or he's planning you. something. He's <laughs> he's the dirty old man. He's not dressing them like provocatively, though. He's just making them have a bad time. He's knitting them a bunch of Christmas sweaters and making them wear them. Aw, Jerry, you shouldn't have. You really shouldn't have. Um, uh, I also really like the emphasis on poses, like the action, yeah. di- dynamic poses, like they, they're realistic 
proportions so all the poses look cooler than they would otherwise and it makes them move a lot more than even in an anime of the time right there's not a ton of just standing around talking they're usually on the move well this was early 2000s so we hadn't quite gotten to the point where it this was not the kind of show where it's like there's a lot of anime that would later come out that is very heavy on the line mileage this is not that this mm-hmm. is this is fairly simple shapes and the choreography is a little bit more complex because it doesn't have to worry about making everything look quote unquote cool mm-hmm. yeah um, uh, and that the, the faces are hilariously minimalistic like there's yeah, there's <laughs> there's there, there's no detail at all if you zoom out even a little bit i stop being able to be able i stopped being able to discern eyebrows like it's ridiculous yep that's that anime inspiration right you're you're focused on the action of what they're doing the the hair needs to communicate who they are but in the anime aesthetic i want you to think about this in the anime aesthetic at least like the ones that we are familiar with growing up with eyes are real big and the the bodies are a little bit more stodgy pudgy like these are elongated the the eyes might be kind of big they're not anime big, and the bodies are longer than we are probably used to in anime. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the faces don't have a lot of expressiveness, it's a lower percentage of the thing that we're looking at than it otherwise would be. It doesn't draw <laughs> as much focus. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah I, I, I think that's it, a good good decision. It works for them, certainly, and it certainly makes it easier when they're doing fight scenes because you are focused more on the posing and the interaction of these bodies in space rather than the face the faces don't do anything during uh the fighting they're just you know angry face and then quick cut to whatever's actually happening Mm -hmm. um and the things that are actually happening either are just like quick you know acrobatic jump judo flip kind of generic stuff or gimmick inspired the wackiest dumbest thing you've ever seen um are you good yeah, I just needed to share something with you because oh. it's, it's been more or less on my second monitor for like the past 10 minutes. Why? Why are you showing me this mime Alex or mime Sam? It's oh, she so got a bad. rose. <laughs> it's face. so bad. Is she evil? Like, was she corrupted? I have no idea. I feel like, so like. Everybody has the one episode where it's like, maybe this is a kink. And I think yours might be the mime episode. I I, I plead the fifth. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you with my bullshit. No, yeah. It's like, well, tell me about some of the, you know, weaponry that was used in the mime fight. Was it just this laser accordion? It was just laser accordion. I couldn't tell you what the, what the other people... Well, no, one of them had, like, breath mints that made them breathe fire. Uh-huh. And they used it in a classic He-Man, we're not allowed to punch or kick or set people on fire kind of way. They used it to make uh, a dirigible elevate because, mm-hmm. like, it was losing hot air. So they, like, breathed into it to make it, like, tip over. It was, I don't know. It was kind of inventive. What, in the coffee house episode, they fight with, like, coffee stuff. So, like, the bad guys will drink some espresso that will make them stronger or they'll, like, shoot it out of a, like, hot stuff out of a super soaker. And then, like... Alex will grab some spoons nearby and throw them, but they're just spoons. Like that's kind of yeah, what classic Blue Raja maneuver there. Mm-hmm. If you do, if you know your history, it really does make perfect sense. 
Um, yeah, so uh, I, I like the action sequences uh, overall. Oh, yeah, no, it's, like, very inventive. The thing that I was reminded of, especially with, like, the dirigible nonsense, was Scooby-Doo. Like, height of their power. There's, there. okay, so there's, like, there's three characters in all the action scenes that we are familiar with, and then there's, like, grunts and then the villain, right? Yep. There's a lot of bodies moving around here. Generally, one or two of them on our, like, one of the, one or two of the girls are going to be in a precarious or dangerous position, Uh and they're usually in some sort of ridiculous vehicle or in a ridiculous locale. Like, there's just so many pieces yeah, and so many ways for them to intermingle that any action scene is due. Why do all spy action movies end with, you know, James Bond snowboarding away from, a vol- from an active <laughs> volcano? It's because you can. Yeah, it's because you it's can. Rad. Yeah. There's there's nothing stopping them from doing that, and because they're necessarily in a ridiculous vehicle mm-hmm. and in a you know exotic locale with a bunch of moving bodies on the that you can just do anything. This is why I don't think of them as spies. I think of them as action heroes because the scenes where stuff is happening is engaging and cool to look at, and then in between the scenes when they're like figuring out where to go next, it's just like back and forth exposition for a while. Well, Zane, they're not spies. They're totally spies can we talk about that oh for sure yeah so like i like i had said as if so not the drama (laughs) yada 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 this stuff is i um (laughs) all righty then yeah the 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 early 2000s slang is i i have probably too much affection for properties that use old-timey slang as though it's new like, you know, Virgil Hawkins saying, yo, Pops, this track is slamming. Things like that just crack me up. <laughs> well, the, you know. And this, this is was, no exception. Well, this was French, so maybe they were behind the cultural curve a couple of years. Oh, like Japan thinking that Elvis is the hot shit in the 80s? That kind of well, thing? He's, he's still the hot shit. Oh, well, I'm not willing to fight you on this. This is going to break <laughs> up our marriage. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're, they're, there's a lot of quips. And those quips, more often than not, are like, better not mess up my hair or yeah, like <laughs> dialogue is atrocious in this show there was uh, one moment where they just they had two ideas of a witty rejoinder like a generic witty rejoinder and they couldn't figure out which to use so they just use both so like they bump into mandy and they're like mandy and then she says it direct quote guess again that's my name don't wear it out <laughs> that's amazing that's fucking rugrats territory my like, dudes like like somebody made a script error give me a break <laughs> like give me a That's... break <laughs> break me off a piece yeah there there are quips and there is exposition and that is all and they do not intersect yeah it's it the dialogue is atrocious in this i i don't know a different way to say it. like the, the the crowning achievement of the dialogue of this is uh, can't you just give up and let mimes rule the world? Like, I don't think there's any <laughs> any piece of dialogue that really can Yeah, nothing that. comes close. They're going to have to no. carve that into the stone tablets to last throughout the aeons. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not on, in, in every single meme of this show. And then the exposition is no better because we'll come out of a commercial break and they'll say, man, that old lady sure didn't have any useful information. We got to get back on the job to figure out where this missing actor went. Yeah, it's really, it's really horrible. Uh, it's also, it also kind of underlines a different irritation that I had. And maybe this is an unfair one. 
but these are these are some dumb intelligence agency protagonists. They're, Why are they're, they? I, I didn't bother watching the movie, but surely there's a reason, right? Oh, like a reason that they got inducted into the spyhood? Oh, maybe not, because like, so there's an episode where Mandy joins. I have to imagine they were, like, looking for a Starbucks and then just accidentally, like, <laughs> followed Jerry into, I don't know, some 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 form of, like, fo- like some one of those, like, mall photo booths that no longer mm-hmm. exist. I, I think it's a, um, like, maybe it's a representation of the fact that, like, if you're a white American and you have confidence, you can just go anywhere and bluster your way through it. I'm not going to gainsay you on that one. Uh, but there's an episode where Mandy joins. She she just falls into Whoop and just raises a stink, yells at Jerry, like, I want to see your manager. Um, and he's like, she's got spunk. Why don't why don't she join up? It's like that simple. <laughs> they yeah. don't worry about it. You got to wonder, like, how high the turnover rate is in it's this place. It's not like Kim Possible where her parents are, you know, rocket science brain surgery people and she's been, like, trained since birth in the martial arts. Yeah, I mean, these are just some girls. Yeah, it, that is that. It, this is the, yeah. The, the the fact that they are with Kim Possible, the 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 the, the, the early thousands slang and the I am a teenage girl moments of this are all kind of flavor for hmm. her already hyper competent spy character. This is sort of the opposite approach, where the spy is flavor for their teen girl hyper obsession with fashion mm-hmm. uh, personalities yeah and just like one of those is so much easier to carry water for mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just they they didn't uh merge these disparate aspects of their show because none of them are fleshed out enough to support that kind of interpretation that kind of uh plot bending yeah and i think that's where i thread, eventually thread i think that's where i eventually come down on this show is like it's fine. It's got a high floor and a low ceiling. It can't yeah. really be a lot more than what it is because of like the villain of the week format and because the genre is kind of fighting with itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also the, the dialogue is pretty bad. And I just, it's... yeah, yeah. A very um, kind of first draft stuff, but the I, action scenes though. I have a, um, just a quick interjection here. So sure. the, the picture you sent of uh, Sam as a mime <laughs> Is still here in my bar, but <laughs> the way your video is cutting off the top of it, I can't, like, she, she looks like she's smiling, and then I scroll up and I see that one of her eyebrows is in that, like, evil plot thing, so it's yeah, like... Yeah, we got a Luther eyebrow here. It's like, oh, I'm just a happy little clown, and then you scroll up and she's like, or am I? <laughs> <laughs> am I happy? Am I clown? The world may never know. The, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up in just a minute, but, like... I can't get over the fact that I thought for years this would be a fascinating show to talk about. Yeah, I'm I'm and a little let down. There's just nothing there's nothing here, right? Like we thought there'd be a ton of, you know, uh, uh sexual psychoanalyses of the creators and it's just no, this is how you would do it if you were trying to appeal to this demographic using the tools available. And I thought that there would be more uh to say about how these two worlds collide and interact, but they don't. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of the show from enough places in enough different contexts that I thought that there was going to be something like people grew up with this, but like yeah. other 
female-focused viewership kind of shows that we watched, Cyber Six, Gem and the Holograms especially, yeah, just had so much more personality. They this were, they really were feels like something. it was. This feels like it was both riding the coattails of, and also an unfinished version of better female protagonist-focused shows that mm-hmm. maybe got more uh, attention than it was due on its own merits because of the advent of Charlie's Angels kind of hitting. Yeah. Uh, I did want to close out, uh, before we close out, just a, just a note on the music and sound for a bit. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it will I, not, I... It will not surprise you to learn that most of the spy themes are serviceable, but nothing special. They've got some catchy riffs. Um, it's more toward the teen pop angle than the James Bond. Um, so the um, there, there's kind of a couple of different ways to look at the music. There is the background music, which ranges from like atmospheric video game esque stuff to like elevator music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like when the bad guy shows up. There's a bad guy sting, and then the fight. Uh, the fight scenes get like a lot of bass and synth, so like those yeah. sound good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, th- th- that's what I mean by nothing special. It is very much like spy action-y kind of fare there. Mm-hmm. The thing that I wanted to point out, though, and I guess this is just kind of a rejoinder to my own tone fighting with itself sort of argument, the sound effects are pretty bouncy. Yeah. Uh, they are they are almost Looney Tunian, uh, which does not mesh with the realistic proportions I'm seeing. <laughs> you know, like... Wiley Coyote slipping on a banana peel with like the classic, you know, boink, you know, those sound effects. That's one thing. When they do it here, uh, yeah. it looks it looks and sounds off. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's not even quite a holdover from the Japanese aesthetic and influences, right? Because that only happens in a certain type of anime. Um, like that's more of a right. gag show kind of thing, and this isn't supposed to be a gag show. No, it does have kind of those gag sound effects, though. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was maybe that's something to note as owing to its Western production. Even though it like kind of inhabited the anime aesthetic, they didn't really they they they, they were they were they were playing with matches that they didn't know how to put out. You know, it, like they they, they yeah, adopted suggests... the anime aesthetic without recognizing the consequences of doing so. It, it suggests that they didn't really know what they wanted to do they, they had tools that didn't play well together and they didn't they didn't wait they, they didn't check them like they i don't know to, to have like a toolkit full of realistically proportioned people and then looney tunes hanna-barbera style sound effects yeah i i would just like wait another week for the amazon order to show up to like replace one of these two things because mm-hmm. because trying to thread them together makes for an awkward viewing experience yeah uh the intro sequence is pretty good i i, I like the theme um, it's fine it it's it's what you would expect from the rest of the show charlie's angels you got it yeah the the one with the lyrics i like a bit more there there's one where it's just sort of just the theme and i don't think that works as well but this one has mm-hmm. that uh kind of arpeggiatic electronica Stuff that you hear and stuff of this uh, age like i got some flashbacks to some sonic music actually Ooh, uh i'll be honest i i ended up watching this on amazon prime mm. uh and the auto is to skip the intro so i i only watched it like once or twice and did not find it particularly compelling yeah so i i didn't i didn't uh take particular note of it 
yeah, it's, it, it's catchy enough. Yeah, it's so this is this is such a bummer of an episode because it's so hard to talk about because everything is like, yeah, it's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. And we hate doing shows like that. We just we figured that it would be it would have more edges given how much you were edging while watching it. Yeah. And how much, you, you know, it came from Canada. It used anime aesthetic, but Western, you know, th- there should be more to talk about here. And it's just kind of blah. It's it's as if they didn't have a cohesive vision of what they wanted this to be because they kind of didn't right this started off as like a band that a couple of french guys wanted to make as part of a multimedia thing and this is just the part of it that stuck yeah they didn't really have like a guiding star like the folk at jib jab were like we want to do sesame street but more you know it's not that it's it's there they there's like hey charlie's angels exists also female viewership is out there also we want to try the anime aesthetic but hey what about spy yeah, fiction they're, and they're, also they're not, they're not pushing the medium and they don't have a message so it's just kind of lost to time it feels a little bit like an artifact of a dying era for animation like this yeah. i i almost would say that like this is the period where the monster of the week format died or at least evolved into something more palatable like when you get to kim possible i mean i'm not going to go ahead and say that like there's a ton of character growth but when you see Dr. Draken, it doesn't really matter what he's doing. Like, he could be trying <laughs> to win a boy band competition. It, like, yeah. it, that, the point is that we already like Dr. Draken, and they already have history. So there's so the drama there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, play to your strengths. Like, if we're invested most in this battle between the good guys and the bad guys, maybe keep the bad guys around for more than one episode and develop them and see what they're up to. And that's not like the only problem here, but it is the, the most button. it is the most obvious one. And I, I I hate completely, you know, tossing this under the bus comparative to Kim Possible, but I guess yeah, it, it this seeing this really crystallized a lot of the problems of cartoons of the early thousands before we kind of hit our stride on the animation renaissance and we had like more compelling characters and. Better yeah, when things started moving dynamics. to season-long arcs, but after mm-hmm. everything was just kind of weird and thrown at the fan. Yeah, yeah, we're in a. This is an awkward. This is an awkward. Uh, not teen, like older teen, like eighteen-year-old eighteen teen. Yeah, yeah and this consensual. Is an awkward, consensual, awkward <laughs> teen that is older than eighteen. Uh, period of animation here. <laughs> Thanks, Zane. Uh, so, so yeah. <laughs> That's totally spies. <laughs> it is totally spies. Uh, I, I I wish I had more just more pleasant to say about it, but like the 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 curse of mediocrity. Like I, I guess yeah. because we were expecting more to talk about, the fact that it wasn't was more irritating than it otherwise would have been. If if the internet wasn't so horny, this show would have been lost to time. No one would have remembered this. That I am compelled to agree with you <laughs> on that one. It's not bad. Like, if you have fondness for the show from way back, I salute you. Yeah. I, uh, there's parts general. of it to enjoy. It's just there not are. all at once. Like, not in a bingeable way. Yeah, I like the action set pieces, and uh, I'm always going to enjoy a spy showing me gadgets that are they then later going to get used. Yeah, it's it's inoffensive. <laughs> it's, it is inoffensive. Surprisingly then, inoffensive. Yeah. But maybe maybe one of our next shows will be more or less offensive and we will have more or less to say about them.
Boy, I sure hope so. Uh, but uh, first, we're going to have to get th- through our next episode, which promises to be offensive in some capacity because we're watching <laughs> The Legend of Zelda. I assume that's the name of the show. I don't yep. know if it actually is. But you uh, know what we're talking about, Internet. Yeah, excuse me, princess. I actually watched an episode. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm interested in this. <laughs> you, you you Did it did it bring your edge back? No, it, it didn't. Well... We'll have to see. I can't get my okay. hopes up again. <laughs> I've been burned before. Man, if there I swear to God, if there's a mind playing an accordion in this show. <laughs> I can I can I can only have my heart broken so many times. Two, it seems. Yeah, one for each heart. Uh but yeah, uh Zane, what are we doing after Excuse Me Princess? Uh after that, uh I think we should do a uh, another sweet, another scattering or smattering of smaller cartoon episodes to give us a better chance of hitting gold. Um, so we're mm-hmm. going to look back at uh, that old network or uh, uh, programming block, Boomerang, and we're going to do a Boomerang Bonanza. Yeah. So these are, some... these are old Hanna-Barbera cartoons that kind of were grouped together as in a subprime mortgage kind of way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if Yogi Bear held a spot there, but like I remember a bunch of other stuff like, we got a secret squirrel. We got a Hong Kong fooey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's gold in them in our hills. I don't remember yeah. what they are exactly. They're all going to be Hanna Barbera stuff, so yeah, they're going to feel those... the same and not worth devoting an entire episode to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're not sure exactly which specific episodes, but listener, if you have an opinion on which episodes of those we should watch, which old cartoons we should check out. Hey, was El Kabong one of them? Yeah. Nice. El Cabong. He's the, the... Uh, for some. He's he's the horse that uh, hit people with a guitar. That, yeah, he's he's the horse musician that thinks he's at a Gallagher show. Yeah, that's the guy. And are you already so much more engaged with that concept than teen girl band James Bond? Well, it's got legs. <laughs> it's I mean, got four like, legs. Yeah, I mean, like, talk about the proportions on that horse. He was a horse, right? Was uh, he a zebra? Yeah. I have no idea what Alcabong was. <laughs> Can't wait to get into this. This Okay, the genealogy. Know, legendary uh, debate. Yeah, that should be a something. But uh, until we get there, uh, thank you very much for joining us, everyone. You can uh, talk to us about what you would like to see next or comment on either Boomerang shows or Excuse Me Princess by going to our website, Cartoncast. Nope fancybat.com slash cartoncast and you can leave us a comment on our contact page there and recommend shows you can go to apple podcasts and uh, leave a rating or review it really helps us out and validates our existence and more than anything else please tell your friends about the show yeah and don't tell them about whoop you know we have some very secure agents who um Mm-hmm. You know, we can't have their cover blown. They've been working for months digging into the inner sanctum and they've been in disguise the whole time. All yeah. of these things that you would expect a spy to do. Are you talking about Brandon? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I did it again, guys. Abort. Abort. I want to see an episode of Totally Spies where they have to put a burn notice out on them. Uh, now, I've heard this term before. What is a burn notice? Burn notice, as I understand it through pop culture, is when uh, a spy agency's cover, like a spy's cover is blown or they are persona non grata and do not want to be tied back to the spy agency. So mm. the spy agency puts a burn notice out to say like, hey, axe this guy. He's, he's like, they put a bounty on him, essentially. I see. Uh, let me check 
the old internets to see if that's true or whether I'm saying it with bravado that I don't possess. In the meantime, I'll clip this picture of <laughs> Sam as a mime to show you what it looks like from my perspective because that's all oh. I really took away from this episode. How good. <laughs> so you can kind of see, right? Like, good Sam, bad Sam. Naughty <laughs> Sam. Naughty Tingler. Tingler <laughs> Squad! Cheerleader! So-and-so! Watch your face! The ugly one! Hey guys, let's go get ready to look so good! <laughs>